And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Um, yeah, so a little hectic around here today. I, I had a guest have to cancel uh, late last night. Um, I was supposed to be joined by a former Democratic, uh, longtime state assemblyman from New York, Dove Hakind. Um, and uh, he's actually coming on. He rescheduled for next week. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Dove is a, uh, like I said, a Democrat who served in the, the state assembly in New York for, for a long, long time, something like 30 years, um, and retired recently. Um, he's a, a normal Democrat, though. He, he's not a, a crazy lefty or anything like that. And uh, he's also the president of Americans Against Anti-Semitism. So we're going to talk about the anti-Semitic problems that the Democratic Party has and, and the, you know, the socialism problems that the Democratic Party has. And I, I'd love to pick his brain on, on whether or not the Democratic Party can get back to, you know, some semblance of the party that, that he was a part of and, and, and knew and, and served with for, for all those years. So I'm definitely looking forward to that interview that is coming next week. But uh, instead of rebooking another guest on short notice, I decided to, hey, look, I haven't done a solo show in a while. It's been a few weeks. So uh, just me today, just me. And I'm going to do, uh, you know, it's going to be a short, I have to I have to run here in a little bit, but it's going to be a shorter episode, but I'm doing listener mail today. It's going to be a 100% um, listener mail show. I asked you guys on Twitter, um, you know, ask me anything. What do you want to know? And I had some great questions. So I will be spending the show today answering your guys' questions, and I'm sure uh, at least I will try to get to all of them. Um, yeah, first, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. So, yeah, um, let's jump right into listener mail. Um, some great questions. So, uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, first question. How amazing is it that CNN had an actual white supremacist, Richard Spencer, on to talk about the president? Is this a sure sign of the apocalypse? Um, Yeah. (laughs) For those of you that missed it, CNN had on Richard Spencer, an actual legit racist, a legitimate white nationalist, on to talk shit about the president of the United States yesterday. CNN is so desperate to bash Trump that they will bring on a literal Nazi (laughs) because the Nazi disagrees with the president. Like CNN will ally themselves with anybody that has anything negative to say about the president of the United States. Look, I've apologized for blasting Trump a year or two ago about his enemy of the people comments. The corporate press is the enemy of the people. CNN is the enemy of the American people. The fact that Richard Spencer is a creation of the left wing media. Nope. I didn't know who this guy was. Right, I don't, I don't, I don't think many of you guys knew who this guy was. I mean, Richard Spencer. Yeah, I mean, he gets ten people to show up at his little white nationalist speeches, and then he goes home to his mom's basement or something. Like he's nobody. Like nobody knows who this guy is. Like nobody cares who this guy is. People like CNN giving him a platform. It's just disgusting. These people are absolutely pathetic. And then you know what? When I saw this, that that CNN had Richard Spencer on, I, I assumed that it was like Chris Cuomo's show or Don Lemon's show, or something like that. It was Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. 
gave Richard Spencer a platform. Jake Tapper had Richard Spencer on. And I've defended Jake Tapper. I know he's a left-wing guy. I know he's a Democrat, but he at least seems like a... He, he tries to be a serious journalist. Like, he actually seems intellectually curious. Guess not. I, I guess I was wrong about old Jake, too. Very, very disappointing stuff from, from CNN. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Uh, next question. What are your thoughts on the Puerto Rico protests? Yeah, I actually just saw this this morning. Um, people are, are very upset down in Puerto Rico. Obviously, there was the massive hurricane that, that destroyed half the island, and it was terrible. People were without electricity and, and running water for months, uh, for actual months. I think it was a couple months. Um, and, uh, yeah, people are, are, are fed up that, that the progress has not been uh, as quick in the rebuild, in regarding the rebuild as, as it should have been. Um, yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that nobody's talking about this. Have you seen anything in the press about Puerto Rico? I mean, there's thousands of people protesting their government right now, their 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 state government or territory government, I should say. Um, and the reason why is because uh, it is a completely Democrat-run island. I mean, <laughs> the entire government of the territory of Puerto Rico is run by leftists. The governor, um, Governor Rossello, is a, a leftist Democrat, um, and he's a corrupt guy. Him and his team basically stole federal money, like FEMA money, federal money that was going to the rebuild in Puerto Rico— ended up in the wrong hands and these corrupt Democrats wasted it and squandered it and the people are pissed and they should be. The people of Puerto Rico deserve justice. They deserve to be represented by people that actually want to take care of them, that actually want to rebuild their island and instead they're run by corrupt Democrats that steal federal money. So obviously if, if Rosello was, was a Republican, of course. I mean the press, can you imagine a Republican governor of a territory uh, misusing federal funds when when they're trying to save lives and rebuild their their island i mean they the guy would be hung in public but he's a democrat and the 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 corporate press is just the democratic wing or the propaganda wing of the democratic party i mean they carry water for these people including governor rosello he should be impeached he should be thrown out of office i don't know when he's up for re-election but he better not get re-elected for the love of god get this corrupt bastard out of there it's very disappointing uh, next question. Uh, how long until we get an, <laughs> an HBO or Netflix series about the boldness and bravery of the squad? Hashtag the squad. Um, I mean, I'm a little surprised it hap- hasn't happened already, right? Um, I, 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 try, I made it literally two minutes into the, uh, the documentary on Netflix about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her campaign. I tried. I, you know... I wouldn't watch the whole thing, obviously. I wasn't going to subject myself to that, but I'm a political commentator. I do it for you guys. I watch the debates. I watch all this stuff so you don't have to, and then I report back. You're welcome. <laughs> but I made it literally a minute into the AOC documentary. It was just just drivel. It was just absolutely gross, just Democratic Party dick riding for, for lack of a better term sorry to be crude ladies and gentlemen but i i don't know how else to put it yeah i mean look of course of course they're gonna make documentaries about the squad the squad and can we stop seeing the squad by the way oh my goodness it's just ridiculous but they mean aoc rashida talib ilhan omar and uh what's the fourth one the presley congresswoman presley can't remember her first name yeah but they're, they're a bunch of little ignoramuses they know nothing uh, they're they're terrible at their jobs they don't represent their constituents and all they do is just promote communism and, and and talk shit about the president for no reason and yeah so of course of course i'm sure 
there's documentaries already being made about the squad, right? I'm sure. I mean, especially this week with them getting all this press and all this attention. I'm sure HBO and Netflix and Hulu, they just kicked their operations into overdrive to, to, to make these gushing pieces, these gushing documentaries or whatever uh, about, about them. It, it, look, and it just shows the disconnect between like Twitter and the real world, between CNN and the real world, between the leftist socialist bubble and the real world. We talked about this on the last podcast. Ilhan Omar has a 9% approval rating nationally. Nine. 9%. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a 21% national approval rating. 21%. Okay, President Trump has about a 45% national approval rating, including a 95% approval rating among Republicans. Only 40% of Democrats approve of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And only something like, what, 20-25% of Democrats approve of Ilhan Omar. They're wildly unpopular within their own party. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And there's already a Netflix documentary about AOC. Most of the Democrats hate the crazy bitch. These people are so far in their own bubble. I mean, they, they don't talk to anyone outside of their own bubble. It is absolutely pathetic. So make all the documentaries you want, Hulu and Netflix and HBO. Nobody's going to watch them. Nobody's going to like them except for you and your little commie friends that live on the coasts. I mean, just the disconnect is just amazing. The disconnect is amazing between Twitter leftists and the real world. It, it truly is incredible. I kind of an obscure question next. Uh, I kind of don't don't know where to go with this, but I'll do my best. Uh, where's the line? How much more insanity do we put up with before we say nope? Fuck off with that. <laughs> I mean, this is a good question. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. Um, obviously, we've been subjected to a whole lot of bullshit um, online and and from the press this week. Obviously, the press promoting these four communists as a, as the, the boomer King himself, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana said the the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Um, yeah, I look like I kind of have, I've said fuck off with that on a lot of, on a lot of things. Like, like I said, I apologized for saying that president Trump went too far when he called the press, the enemy of the American people. I apologized because the press proved to me that they are. So I said, fuck it and fuck them. They are. You're, you, the corporate press is the enemy of the American people. So I already threw in the towel on the press. Like, I, I thought they would, they were salvageable on some level, but they're not. You know, to a certain extent, I've, I've, I've thrown in the towel with the Democratic Party. I mean, I, I, eventually I would like to see two viable, realistic, semi-moral political parties, but I've thrown in the towel with the Democrats. I mean, they've endorsed partial birth abortion, or in some cases, post-birth abortion. They're openly praising communism. They're electing vicious racists and anti-Semites like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. They were super duper pissed that Trump didn't want to kill 150 Iranians because they shot down a robot. They're trying to bait the president into bombing Iran for no reason. I mean, there's just, I, I've thrown in the part, like, I, I'd love to see the Democrats become a normal party, but I don't know. I think they need to be completely torn down first. I don't know. I'll, I'll ask Dofa Kind. Uh, next week, his prognosis on, on the, the the Democratic Party, if he thinks that they can be salvaged, if they can return to a, a you know the party of JFK or, or Harry Truman or somebody like that. I mean, I'd, I'd like that. 
I mean, I don't like the Democrats. I'm not trying to give them any ideas, but I, I'd like to see two viable parties in this country again. But until they wake up, they, they stop the anti-Semitism, they stop the communism, they stop the racism, they, they stop the identity politics. I, I'm done. I'm done with them. I've, I have thrown in the towel. I've, I've said fuck off with all that. So, like, to a certain extent, like, I'm already there. Like, I've already kind of crossed that line in my mind, you know? Like, I, I, some people are saying we're heading towards, like, a second civil war or something like that. No, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that's true. At least I hope not. So, no, I don't think, like, the country's falling apart. But with some of these institutions, like the press, like the Democrats, like, I've already, I'm there. I'm there, brother. I've already said, nope, fuck off with that uh, in, in some of these areas before. Um, next question. Uh, this is regarding the uh, the challenge to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her district, which is the 14th um, congressional district of New York. The question is, does Sherry Murray, uh, a Republican immigrant from Jamaica, stand a chance against AOC? Um, no. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, no. So um, it was announced earlier this morning, um, a, a, a uh, Queens-based businesswoman, um, Sherry Murray, uh, is a Republican is challenging AOC uh, next year for her congressional seat. Um, Sherry is a successful uh, businesswoman. She is black. She is an immigrant from Jamaica. Um, she really checks off all the boxes. I read just a brief profile on her this morning. She seems very bright. Um, she seems very accomplished. She seems to have very good ideas. Um, her her campaign platform basically is like, hey, AOC doesn't care about you. She just wants to be famous, which is true. This is obviously the truth. I mean, look, if you want to get killed, stand bet- in between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a camera <laughs> because you will get bulldozed, brother. You will get bulldozed by a 105-pound little girl because no one stands in between her and the press. Believe you me. But, um... Look, uh, as great as Sherry Murray seems to be, and I'll, I'll email her staff um, this week. I'll try to get her on the podcast to talk about it. I'd love to chat with her. But look, it's like a D-plus 35 district. It's just not going to happen. When Nancy Pelosi said um, a cup of water with a D on it would win that district, that's, re- that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's truly not an exaggeration because I live in one of those districts. My, my congressional district has been o- occupied by a, a socialist Democrat, Marcy Kaptur, since 1980, nine years before I was born. She's literally been in office for 39 years, right? Um, she wins re-election with 75% of the vote every two years, no matter who runs against her, whether it's a good candidate, a bad candidate, doesn't matter. She doesn't campaign at all. She doesn't even fundraise. She doesn't even show her head in, in the area, in the district. I mean, she lives in D.C. full-time. She doesn't even care, doesn't campaign, you know, and so it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, in some of these districts, like my district, like AOC's district, anybody, if you put a D next to Hitler's name, Hitler gets elected to Congress. I mean, that's as simple as it is. I, from my estimation, the only chance that Sherry Murray could make this race remotely competitive is if AOC gets a, a primary challenge, um, from like you know a centrist Democrat, something like that, and they just beat the hell out of each other. Like it would have to be a brutal, bloody primary where her primary challenge wounds her, you know, really takes her down a few pegs, really destroys her reputation. But AOC barely wins the Democratic primary, and then all of her primary challenger, you know, that, that person, that theoretical primary challenge, all of her their supporters votes for Cherry Murray, and then all of the few Republicans in the district vote for Sherry Murray. Maybe a perfect storm, 
you know, she drives out another 20,000 jobs like she did with the Amazon deal. Yeah, Maybe like all of those things combined might make this race somewhat competitive. Maybe. But short of the stars aligning all at the same time, um, it's just too far left. I mean, it is, it, this district is overrun by socialists. It is extremely far left. It's like a, at least a D plus 30 district um, in Queens and the Bronx there. Um, so, no, unfortunately. So, Cherry Murray seems great. I'd love to talk to her on the podcast. I, you know, I'm, I obviously I, I need to look more into her, but I'm sure I will endorse her um, in that race, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see it happening right now. All right. Uh, time for one more question. Um, yeah, sorry for the, I, we're not going to get to a few of them, but I got to most of them. Uh, one more question. Um, obviously we all loathe the press, but what's the answer for getting it back on track? Not everybody can start their own podcast, et cetera. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, not everybody can get involved in, in media, in the press. Obviously not everybody has the time or the, the you know, the, the means to do a podcast, something like this. A, a couple things, a couple things. Obviously we hate the press. So step one, like two things need to happen. One, we need to continue the delegitimization of the press. Like these people deserve to be a laughing stock because they are a laughing stock. We need to keep laughing at them. We need to keep laughing at the New York Times and CNN and the Washington Post, right? Like they, they, we cannot legitimize these people. That's why I call them the corporate press. I do not call them the mainstream media because there's nothing respectable or mainstream about them, right? So. We we need to we need to avoid legitimizing these monsters at every turn because they deserve no respect. They have little to no respect, and they deserve less respect than they're getting right now. So that's step one. And two, like all right, I know this sounds like an oversimplification, uh, at the very least, and sounds very self-serving at at the at the most <laughs> worst case scenario. I'm just not very self-serving right now, but it really comes down to just supporting the shows, supporting the media that you like. The media that you find valuable and informative and entertaining and funny, the stuff that you like, and whether it's this podcast, whether it's other podcasts, other TV shows, support those shows. Like it's not enough just to listen to the show and move on. Like you know, obviously a lot of these shows have Patreon and subscribe, subscribe star and stuff. And you know, like look, I, I don't actually I don't have any sponsors this week for the show, but sometimes I have sponsors. Hey, when I have sponsors, support those sponsors because they support me. So like you know, buy buy their stuff. Let them know that I sent you. And so they keep advertising with me. Like, you know, I do, I have the means and the time right now to do two podcasts a week, you know, and, and I'm still playing with my band, which I'm always going to do that as well. But I, I work on campaigns to make extra money. I drive for Uber and Lyft to help pay the bills. Like I, you know, and I, I'm working my butt off over here. I would love to be able to turn this into more of a full-time thing, but I'd have to be making a lot more money from the show to be able to increase the amount of episodes I do per week, to be able to increase the length of the episodes, to be able to do more, do special shows and events and do live stuff. I want to do all of that. I have some big plans, but I just can't do it. Like, it's not financially viable yet. So if you like the show, you know, support me, support my sponsors, you know, and if if you don't have money to buy stuff from sponsors, just, just retweet it, you know, share it on Twitter, like tell your friends about it. Like anything you can do to help, you know, get the word out, do it. And it's, I'm not just talking about my, I'm using myself as an example, but support the daily wire, support the blaze, like support, you know, and the left wing media, they, they are all owned and funded by multinational billion dollar corporations, right? Like the Washington post, a once great newspaper, now just a communist rag, a, pro, a communist propagandist rag. They, they're a failing newspaper. I mean, their revenues were, were, were down to nothing. And then 
the richest man on the planet bought them. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, the world's richest man, bought the Washington Post and bailed them out. Okay, like the Washington Free Beacon, a conservative-leaning newspaper, doesn't have a Jeff Bezos, right? Like, so so pay for their content, right? Like the Washington Examiner, they don't have these. They don't have billions of dollars behind them. Support them. You know what I mean? Like the the Daily Wire, like they don't have. They're not CNN with billions of dollars of 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 money from these multinational corporations funding them. They don't have that. They need your support. You know, the Blaze, support them. My show, you know, support me. Support these other shows. Like it's. It, you know, it's I love every single one of you guys for listening to the show. But if you like this, if you want me to do more, and it's not just me for everybody, support the shows you like, the the press that you like, that you agree with, that you think is not just propaganda, that you find entertaining and informative. Support it, whether it's me, whether it's other shows. Get involved. And if you don't have any money, just retweet it, man. Retweet my stuff. Retweet Ben Shapiro's stuff. Like retweet Glenn Beck's stuff. Retweet all all these guys. You know. Like, it's important. We need the support of the audience because we're not getting it from these major corporations the way the left does. They will always have more money than us. Just across the board. The Democratic Party will always spend more money than the Republican Party on every single race. The left-wing media will always have more money to spend than conservative media, period. I mean, they, that's I've accepted that. So we need support from the audience. I think that's the bottom line. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, let me know, like, I, I have some ideas on, on how I can up my, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about my own, like, wallet or anything, but like, to do the stuff I want to do, I do need to increase revenue. And I thought about launching a merch store, you know, I've got some ideas in mind for that. I don't have the money to buy product yet, but um, thinking about launching a merch store, I had a Patreon, um, and I, it's still up, I think, but I, I haven't been promoting it because after, um, you know, they, they started kicking conservatives off and then Jordan Peterson left in solidarity with some of the conservatives that have been booted. Dave Rubin left um, in solidarity with them too. And then I noticed most of the, the people that were supporting me on Patreon all left at the same, well, all deleted their accounts at the same time too, which I totally get it. Like, you know, in solidarity with, you know, Jordan and, and Dave and these guys. But I was like, well, I, I lost some <laughs> revenue too. So like, I get it, not wanting to support a company like Patreon. But shoot me a DM on, on Twitter, guys. Like, do you think I should bring back my Patreon? Should I do like a subscribe star or something like that? Is that something you'd be interested in? Um, or not. I mean, just let me know one way or the other. I'm always open for ideas. But yeah, I think it's all about just supporting the shows you like, sh- supporting the media you like. And not just me. Support everybody you like, the content you like. Make sure you support them, either financially or just with retweets, shares, telling your friends if, if there's somebody you're texting a buddy that you think would like to show hey you should check this show out you know i think it's right up your alley i mean just word of mouth grassroots stuff like support us all we all rise up together i think that's the only way out we're never going to be able to out, outspend the left we're never going to be able to fix i don't know if this was part of the question but you're not we're not bringing back the washington post like we're not like the new york times will never be a viable newspaper again like cnn is irredeemable they just had Richard Spencer on because, <laughs> because they hate Trump and apparently so does Richard Spencer. So that's, you know what I mean? Like these people aren't really redeemable. These companies are not going to start doing good work again. So it's about delegitimizing them <laughs> and supporting us. That's what it's all about. Um, I got to run. Sorry for the short show. I'll make it up to you next week. I know Dofa Kind will be on uh, one of the episodes next week. Not sure which one yet, but um, he is coming on next week. That'll be a lot of fun and a lot of great guests coming up. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. Stay tuned, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.